Welcome to the CFC Jacks Midweek Podcast, where we discuss topics related to becoming a fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ follower. We hope that wherever you are today, you'll be encouraged by the truths discussed in this podcast. Well, thanks for joining us today. We are so glad you're with us. My name's Tracy. I get to serve here on staff at Christian Family Chapel, and this is Doug, our teaching pastor who you just heard from. And this is your opportunity to send in Hmm. questions this morning. So you'll see a number will be on the bottom of the screen, and you can text in those questions. Uh, Great opportunity. If there's something stirring in your heart or your mind this morning, it's really, this is the time to send it in, because likely if you're thinking about it, someone else is too. So send in those questions. Yeah, we may get some uh, very specific questions in terms of circumstances or situations, which will be, I'll do my best to untangle with out having all the facts, but um, there was a time in my life where I wasn't sure how to respond in a situation, mm-hmm. and I remember a, a guy telling me, well, just just be loving. And I was like, what I'm, does not, that mean? I'm not confused about that part, <laughs> but I'm not really sure what lo- love looks like in this situation. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and it's a, it's a, it's the right answer, be loving. It's just sometimes hard to know what love looks like. So we'll see. Maybe we'll get some of those. We do have some of those. Okay. (laughs) No, maybe. (laughs) No, maybe we do have some of those questions. So we'll go ahead and get rolling. Um, Actually, I have a question from someone from the Thursday night service. You mentioned not celebrating sin. What is the best way to truthfully and lovingly decline an invitation for a homosexual union ceremony? Mm. What's the best way to decline? Mm Mm-hmm. It says, yes, best way to truthfully and lovingly decline. Mm-hmm. Well, um, again, it, we don't pit truth against love, even in that question. So we're not pitting truth against love without, without acknowledging that love doesn't have to say everything always. Hmm. So... Um, You may be able to say, and this will actually be probably a matter of conscience regarding how far, assuming, let me make an assumption here, Uh, the assumption is that you're invited to a a homosexual union where both are unbelievers. I don't think it's a matter of conscience if one is a professing believer, then there's for sure can't go, and if it's a professing believer and I know them well enough to have been invited, then I'm going to lovingly say, you know that I love you, and part of how I love you is I don't idly sit by and ignore sin. Love exposes, confronts sin in a believer's life, Mm -hmm. and and so I think the question of whether they're a believer or not really plays into how we answer this. Uh, Paul says, and if you want to read more about this, look at 1 Corinthians 5, because he makes a distinction about how he responds to a believer, and then he literally says, but I don't mean unbelievers. Uh, he says in 1 Corinthians 5, 9, I wrote you in my letter not to associate with immoral people, immoral people. I did not at all mean with the immoral people of this world or with the covetous and swindlers or with idolaters, for then you would 
have to go out of the world. In other words, he's going, I'm not saying don't associate with people who are unbelievers acting like unbelievers. The command here is to confront those who are professing to believers but not acting like it. We don't ignore sin. So if in this situation the person, one or both, are professing believers, then I'm going to decline and unashamedly decline by verbalizing my uh, what the Scripture says about standing with truth in love in this situation. If it's two unbelievers and it's a matter of I cannot go to a homosexual wedding as a believer, it's just totally against, and it is against what God intend, man, uh, uh, same-sex marriage is against what God says marriage is for. So if I can't go and they're unbelievers, I would simply say I, I'm not going to be able to make it. Now, I don't have to fill in the back blank necessarily, able to make it because my convictions keep me or my conscience keep me from going. I'm just not going to be able to make it. So I think the degree to which I have to unpack that, I'm not standing away from the truth. I just don't expect unbelievers to act like believers. And I think that's what 1 Corinthians 5 is getting at. So unbelievers, I would simply say, I'm not going to be able to make it. I would know what that means, and I would, wouldn't feel like I needed to um, be more specific than that. Mm-hmm. In that situation. Yeah. So a question here about continuing to speaking truth and love. Does it, when we speak about speaking the truth and love, does it mean biblical truth? I think only biblical truth alone is loving, while I can think of instances of non-biblical truth that would be that would not be loving. Yeah. Okay. So a person, uh, let's be extreme here. A person is obnoxious. Hmm. It's truth. It's not everybody. They're just obnoxious the way they relate. Um, I'm not suggesting, yes, I should be succinct here. You're correct. Speak biblical truth in love. Everything else that's true should be spoken in love, but that doesn't mean it has to be spoken. Hmm. It doesn't always have to yes. be. Yeah. yeah. You're not doing anybody a favor. Hey, you just need to know everybody Everybody thinks you're obnoxious. That's not likely going to be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. That wasn't a, that was a play along. I wasn't saying that to you. I got you. <laughs> okay. A <laughs> uh, question here. We're talking about singing praises of others. Um, please elaborate the line. Elaborate on the line between encouragement, singing the praise of others, and flattery. Ah, uh, well, flattery. I think is you are you're acting like you're doing something good for them when in in reality you're trying to gain something from Mm -hmm. the only the gain is you when it's flattery so i'm not even saying whether flattery is true or false sometimes flattery is just false you're just blowing smoke Mm -hmm. other times it's really true but you're saying it not to encourage them but you're saying it in order to gain something back then that's not loving 
So encourage for the sake of the individual that you are encouraging, not for your own um, reciprocal benefit. Hmm. That, that motive, yes. heart motive yeah. behind that. Yeah, I think it, sometimes we get lost in whether it's true or false, and I don't think that's the issue. I think is is what am I hoping to gain from this? Am I hoping to encourage them, or am I hoping to get kicked back? Hmm. Think about that with kids. Tell me about that. <laughs> just how watching a Christmas movie recently, and they were really imagine that. I know, I love Christmas movies. Playing off their parents' strength. Oh, mom, you're so great and gifted at this, and like using that right. as wanting a certain gift in return from that. And I wonder how often we... Do you really think kids are that smart? I do indeed. <laughs> I do indeed. They're very, very smart. Yes. Uh, but it was just one of those reminders, like check that heart motive behind, are we truly encouraging them mm-hmm. to grow in Christ or are we encouraging right. them because it's going to benefit us for that kickback? Yeah, I think that's... I haven't looked up flattery in the dictionary, so I guess I could be wrong, but that's how I would understand the mm-hmm. problem with the difference with encouragement and flattery. Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, how do you love someone when they don't love you back? Hmm. This is uh, this is the love of God. God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, we were not loving him. Christ died for us. So I want to make... Sure. First and foremost, you hear me say, only by the love of God in you. So when a man said to me years ago, I just can't love because I haven't been loved. Hmm. And I understood what he meant. I knew his family's story. And he was just like, for me to be able to love, I have to have had some capacity, uh, some sense that I have been loved, as if I can't give something out that's never been poured into me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he, ha- he hadn't. He hadn't, been, he hadn't been loved by his spouse. And um, I don't think he had felt loved by his parents, just judged by his parents and compared to his siblings by his parents. So I felt his... Um, emptiness in being able to love. But I was not uh, hesitant to share with him, I get what you mean. Understand this. You have been loved fully and completely by the love of God. He loves you. And if you would receive his love, then you could love because you've been loved by him. Hmm. So at core, please hear me say, you. this is what defines us. This is why I read the, the Luke 6 passage. This is what defines us as Christ followers. We have a capacity to do what the unbeliever cannot do because we have the love of God poured into our hearts. We have a well, if you will, that they have not drilled into. Mm-hmm. The love of God that loves the unlovable and those that don't love back. So as an unbeliever, I only have really the capacity to love people who love me. <laughs> so it is by the love of God. That's where it starts. So now I have the love of God in my heart. Does that automatically assume I'm going to love people who don't love me back? No. 
It just means, first, now I have the capacity to do so by the indwelling Holy Spirit. Second, I remember how I have been loved. I was not lovable. God loved me. Therefore, you're not lovable, but I'm going to seek to love you, even if you don't love me in return, because that is the way God loved me. So that is, that's why I said that this is only possible by learning to walk in the Holy Spirit. Four fingers of faith and walking in the Spirit that uh, I like to refer to. We don't use the middle finger in the church, so <laughs> I want to, I want to love, and I think I want to, but I can't. Pinky finger. I'm inadequate. But he can. And he, ring finger, he has made me one with him. I am in Christ and Christ is in me. So through me, would you live your life? That is the constant prayer of walking in the Spirit. I can't, but you can. You're in me, so here I am. I can't, but you can. You're in me, so here I am. I can't, but you're in me, so here I am. So that's how you love people who don't love you back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope that's helpful. If not, you can ask again. (laughs) Well, there's a kind of a flip side of the question that just came in. So what do you do when you know that someone is taking advantage Mm. of your love? Yeah, I think there's, well, at least in my head, there's a little bit of a sliding scale here. Mm. If, If I'm never... If I'm never, ever willing to be taken advantage of by my love, I'm probably not going to love. Love To love people is to take a risk that you will be taken advantage of. So I don't want to, on this sliding scale, say, well, never let somebody take advantage of you because then you'll never love. If the repeated, you know, love believes all things until the data says otherwise— If the data is that they are using your love to take advantage of you to, in in some harmful way, um, like, I'm trying to think, okay, here's an example. I see a person in need, and they, so I want to help them. I want to bear their burden, so I give them some money. And they, instead of paying their bills, Go buy a bunch of alcohol with it. I'm not going to keep doing that Mm -hmm. because now what could be loving is not loving. So I I think – I'm trying to sneak up on the answer here. (laughs) Um, I think once I've determined that the love is no longer loving – it's not how it's kicking back to me. That's what I want to get away from. Mm, sure. It's, it's that my trying to help them is no longer helpful. They're taking advantage. And I've seen people, I've seen kids take advantage of parents who just keep giving and keep giving and keep giving. And they just keep, keep, uh, keep abusing it. It's not like, hey, you're hurting my feelings. It's like, I'm actually trying to help you, but it's not helping you. So I'm going to stop. Not because I'm stopping loving you, because it's un... You see what I'm getting at? Mm -hmm. I'm not stopping because you're not responding. I'm not stopping because it's not kicking back. I'm stopping because what was intended to be loving is not loving you. 
Right. It's setting them up so for further temptation or loving. I'm stopping unloving. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's weird to think about it that way, but when you truly think of like what is the result for them? Are they able to handle what you're providing? Mm-hmm. So in that situation, you know, that right. you would describe, okay, now they've used this money for something that's ultimately bad for them. Right. See, and I use that example because I think we can wrap our heads around what is intended to be loving, the helping with, the bearing, the burdening, the providing for. Um is not accomplishing that. If we send all of our, our, of our money to the Browns uh, for the Blind Children's Fund and they used it for something else, that would be wrong on their part and we wouldn't continue to give because it was loving. It would not be, it would be unloving to continue. Mm-hmm. So, right. anything else? I think that's all I got to say about that one. Well, I think you answered it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, as I look through all of these, uh, one through 15. Um, and as I was sitting in there thinking, I'm sure we all had moments. Oh, no, you're like, going to confess your sin? This is oh, awesome. No, oh, no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, but I know we all had those realizations where it's like, wow, I've fallen short in this area. And so I can imagine there may be someone out there who's like, I have struggled so heavily with some of these. Uh, How do I come back right. from that? Because some of these, to be excessively rude is different than being direct or not being patient. And mm-hmm. that can destroy a relationship. Yeah. Um, well, I think I hear two things here. Um, number one, this is this is a passage that can just beat the snot out of you mm. because it's calling us to a a standard uh, put on a, a beyond all these things put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. So, love when it's done right. Perfect bond of unity. Right. Well, that's not real life. That's why we're going to do forgiveness next week. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this can be a, a kind of beat you over the head passage, and it's not intended to be a beat you over the head passage. It it, it ought to, for all of us, drive us to Christ hmm. in the sense that all of us should be, whether it's because of patience or because of it's uh, I bail out on people I don't endure, I'm not present, or I am, you know, which, whichever one kind of really slapped you. It's not to beat you down, it's to bring you to, to drive you to Christ that says, I cannot do this on my own. I need to learn to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. So uh, don't get stuck in, I'm horrible, no good, very bad person. All of us have been unloving in ugly ways. And, And sometimes we've been unloving to the people that you know, we're called to love most in our family. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is, for the repentant, a humble heart, there is forgiveness. Uh, and we don't, we don't make ourselves pay for what Christ has paid for. Sometimes I think we do, and I, I don't want you to go, well, I've got to make myself, I've got to beat myself up over this. No, we acknowledge I've been a fool, I've been selfish, and selfishness doesn't breed unity. And so I've brought about this so we confess it to the Lord, we confess it to the people that we've sinned against, we seek their forgiveness, and we, by God's grace, learn to increasingly walk more and more in the spirit of needing. See, 
we're not called to live a life of our best. We're called to live a life filled with the Spirit. And filled with the Spirit begins with, Lord, I can't do this. I can't right. do this. But you can. You live within me. So here I am. So I'm not sure if I answered your question on that of um, don't beat yourself up or try to make yourself pay for what Christ has paid for. Cry out to the Lord for forgiveness and then cry out to the Lord for uh, his spirit to teach you to walk in the spirit so that love would be more evident in your life. And, um, and remember, when you are critical of people who don't love you well, just remember you probably don't love well either. Uh, one of the first things I'll do in a premarital is say, when when you get into this marriage and you go, wow, this person is so much harder to love than I ever thought. Wasn't this hard when we were dating? When you feel like this person is so hard to love, walk immediately to the mirror and look at that person in the mirror and go, that person is so hard to love. And it just puts you at the proper state again. That's my heart needs to be humbled because I won't love if I think too highly of myself, which was mm -hmm. in the text. So Absolutely. Look in the mirror and remember who you are. <laughs> well, thank Read you Christ. so much for sending in all of your questions this morning. And I am excited next week. You've mentioned it, that we will be covering forgiveness, which yes. can be a hard topic. I encourage you to join us. Um, there's there's joy yeah. in forgiveness because we have been forgiven mm -hmm. so, so much. So thank you for joining us. We're really grateful for your questions and hope you have a great afternoon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CFC Jacks podcast. Be sure to watch as we release new teachings weekly, along with additional content during the week. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.cfcjacks.com. Thanks for listening.